Hi everybody, this is Holly McLean and I'm here for episode 7 of Parenting News in the Culture War. I hope you're able to join me. I wasn't able to advertise a whole lot this, about this, but I hope you're here to join me today. We're going to be talking about my own hometown, Independence, Missouri. I'm really proud of them because they decided to go against a mask mandate. So we're going to talk about that just a little bit. And also, I want to give you a few more reasons that as parents, you might want to consider taking your children out of public school. I keep giving you more and more reasons, and I hope today that you might think about these reasons. One is we're going to be talking about segregation in one of the schools. Segregation, like blacks in one class, whites in another class. You're going to be amazed that that was happening. Um, the NEA is also suing a mom because she's asking about what's going to be going on in the kindergarten class that her child's going to be in. Um, also, the National Education Association is teaming up with BLM to honor George Floyd in a way, and we will talk about that. That's just super crazy. Um, there's, of course, there's mask mandates across the country. I have a really good clip from Matt Walsh, again, my favorite podcaster. Uh, talking to the school board in Nashville, he just gives it to him. It's really, really good and very to the point. I really liked it. I'm going to just show that to you. And there's another woke medical organization that is not going to call you a breastfeeding mom if you're breastfeeding. No, you are a lactating parent. And again, these are the experts. We're going to be talking about them. Uh, I also want to give you a warning about the Muppet Babies and... Sesame Street, which of course you probably don't need a warning about them anymore, but uh, I'm going to also talk about that. And I want to show you a clip that I found of a toddler who's twerking. If you don't know what twerking is, I'll explain that, but I didn't know what it was for a while. I, I kind of heard a little bit about it and then I found out what it is, but you're going to be amazed that there's a group, just a, a crowd of people, just random people that are cheering on a toddler doing this. So I'm going to show you a clip of that. And then, of course, we'll have Dimwits and Darlings. And all of that's coming up here in just a minute. <clears throat> okay, so again, you have to kind of give me a little bit of room here. <laughs> I'm still not real tech savvy, so I'm still working on that with this thing. Uh, so first I wanted to talk about my own hometown, Independence, Missouri. I was really proud of them the other night. I wasn't able to go to the city council meeting, but I found out just a couple of uh, hours before the, the city council meeting was going to go on that they were going to be voting on a mask mandate for the city. And I was like, oh, I do not want to be oppressed anymore. If, if people want to wear masks, that's fine. They, they can wear masks, but I don't want to be mandated to do it, and I don't want other people to, man, to be mandated to do it. And I knew our county had just recently, again, put another one of those in place. But fortunately, uh, Independence has its own health department, which means that the city council could decide whether or not to have that same mask mandate within the city or not. And so a whole bunch of citizens mobilized and said... They didn't want this, and they all showed up, well, not all of them, but a lot of them showed up at the city council meeting, and quite a few of them spoke out, and I was really happy to see that. It was just wonderful uh, to see so many people show up. Uh, here is a picture of it. 
and you can see, you can't really see quite as well as I'd like you to be able to see, but there was a whole bunch of people on this other side that even if you were watching it on the city cam, it didn't show all of them. That, that wasn't on purpose. That's just the way that the cameras are set. And they're just set right in front of the city council members and then right in front of this person who's speaking to the city council. And all of these signs and all were on the side, but there was a big cheer that went out. There were two council members that were kind of undecided, I believe, or three. And then there was the city, the mayor, who's a super liberal woman named Eileen Weir. She's super liberal. She wanted to fly the, the LGBTQ flag at the city, at the city hall. And fortunately, the city council said no to that. I think it was unanimous against that at one point. But she didn't do that at this meeting. But anyway, of course, she wanted the mask mandate because all the liberals want to impose their will on everyone else. And the other city council members that weren't sure, I think they listened to the citizens that said, you know, we want our freedom. You don't, we don't want you mandating things on us. We, we're adults. We can make decisions for ourselves. Everyone has had the opportunity to have the vaccine if they wish to have it. And at this point, it's up to each person to decide how they're going to handle their own health and their own family's health. And so you don't need to be mandating this to us. And then there were several business owners that also got up and said, we don't want to police people. We don't want to be police and tell people they have to put masks on in our business. And if any business owner wants to require masks, they can do that. It's not like you can't require that if you want to. So I was really proud of this city for doing that, and I really appreciated it. Um, so in Independence, Missouri, there isn't a mask mandate. So if you're in the surrounding area, you're in Jackson County or Kansas City, and you want to go somewhere where you don't have to wear a mask because they're going to get on your case about it, come on over to Independence. There's going to be plenty of businesses that aren't going to be doing that. So you can come on over and join us here. I, we'd love to have you. All right. So <clears throat> the next thing I wanted to show you was Matt Walsh. He was at the school board meeting in Nashville. And he gave a good argument because he laid it out. And yeah, he was a little harsh. But I think that maybe it's about time to be a little harsh at this point because people are still trying to impose their will on children that don't need it imposed on them in this case. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not against imposing your will on, on children if, if they need it, uh, but they don't need to be masked. And so Matt Walsh gave a really good little speech here and I'm going to play it for you. Let me see if I can get it up here. Hi, my name is Matt Walsh. I'm a community member in Nashville and a father of four. Um, you and the school board have decided that our kids should go to school all day, every day, wearing muzzles like rabid dogs. I have listened to your arguments, and I've noticed that they're missing a few things, namely evidence, data, science, common sense, and basic human decency. You presented no facts at all, uh, so let me do that now. Here they are. COVID poses almost no risk to our kids at all. 4.2 million children have tested positive for COVID. A total of 0.008% of them have died. Overall, 0.0004% of the child population in this country, I'm, not ta I'm, I'm, I'm talking right now, in this country has died of COVID. Twice as many have died by drowning each year. A bathtub poses more risk to your child than COVID. 
Your child is far more likely to die in the car on the way to school than he is to die from COVID at school. What about the flu? The CDC estimates that 480 kids died from the flu in the 2018-2019 season. That's more than have died from COVID in a year and a half. Now, did anyone on this board suggest at any point that year that kids wear masks? Did anyone in this room suggest that at any point anyone wear masks for flu, which again is more dangerous to kids than COVID? That's a fact. Now, do you know what it's called when you force your children to wear masks for fear of a virus that poses almost no threat to them? It's called child abuse. You want to look up a disease, look up Munchausen by proxy, because that's what this is. If you think I'm exaggerating, then how would you respond to a parent who forced his kid to wear a football helmet every day, all day, for fear of falling coconuts and meteors? Your kid is, is almost as likely to die of COVID as he is from a rock from the sky. And yet, if you saw that, you would say to that parent that he is abusive, that he is forcing his kid to participate in this utterly insane charade in order to satisfy his delusional, psychotic hypochondria. Now, do any of you know what sort of psychological damage we do to children by forcing them to cover their faces, teaching them that the air is toxic, that everyone around them is sick, depriving them of the ability to see each other's faces? Do you know what kind of damage that, do that does? Have you thought about it? Have you wondered about the health effects of forcing kids to breathe through sweat and spit and dirt-soaked rags every single day? Are you sure that there are no health risks? Do you know what the effect is on children developmentally if they're not able to read each other's facial cues? What about learning to read and they can't see the teacher enunciating the words? What does it do to a child's developing immune system if he has to wear a mask all day, every day? Have you taken any of this into consideration at all? Well, you haven't. You're satisfied to place this burden on children anyway, and why? It's not to keep them safe, they are safe. It's not to keep the adults safe, they can all get vaccinated if they want. No, you do it to make yourselves feel better and to protect yourselves politically. The child's mask is a symbolic security blanket for you, not them. It's a disgrace and you should all be ashamed. Thank you for your time. Wow, he gave it to him, didn't he? I, I think it's pretty funny. He 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 used uh, analogies that were pretty funny, I thought. Anyway, he makes me laugh every day. I really enjoy him. And I consider him to be a culture warrior, so I'm going to stamp him as such. Whoops. Forgot to trans transition back to my uh, camera there. So... Next, I wanted to talk about segregation in a school board, I mean, at a school, and this was in Atlanta, and it was amazing. When I heard this, I was like, this can't be right, but it was. There's a lady who describes what happened to her when she went and talked to the school administrators about wanting her child in a certain class, and she couldn't believe what happened, what she found out. So I'm going to play this clip for you so you can see it. Hopefully it'll all work okay. We'll give it a try. school district here has looked into these allegations and says it has taken action. Still, parent Kyla Posey says she can't believe a principal thought separating students according to race was a good idea. We lost sleep trying to figure out, like, why would a person do this? Kyla Posey says she was stunned when she learned about classes segregated by race at Mary Lynn Elementary last year, a practice she says was put in place and condoned by Principal Sharon Briscoe. First, it was just disbelief that I was having this conversation in 2020 with 
a person that looks just like me, a black woman, it's segregating classrooms. You cannot segregate classrooms. It's, you can't do it. Posey says she found out the school was putting black students in two separate classes with two separate teachers. The white kids were placed in six classes with six different teachers. The parent says she found this out when she let Briscoe know she wanted her child placed in the classroom of a teacher she thought would be a good fit. Posey says the principal said that wouldn't work. She said that that's not one of the black classes and I immediately said, what does that mean? Um, I was confused. I asked for more clarification on I was like, we have those in the school? And she proceeded to say that, yes, I have decided that um, I'm going to place all of the black students in two classes. Posey says she insisted her child be placed in a class with white students. She says Briscoe explained her child would be isolated. And I explained to her she shouldn't be isolated or punished because I'm unwilling to go along with your illegal and unethical practice. The Posies recorded a call with an assistant principal where they complained about the segregated classes. The administrator confirmed it was the principal's decision and seemed to offer an explanation why the classes were set up this way. It, 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 Kyla Posey has filed this discrimination complaint with the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights. Her attorney, Cherie Shields, says what's going on at Mary Lynn is a violation of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 says that you cannot uh, treat one group of people differently based upon race, and that is what is going on at Mary Lynn. Wow, can you believe that? That was shocking to me. I couldn't believe that there was a teacher or an administrator or even the teachers that went along with it. I'm wondering, what did the teachers that went along with that think? There had to be, how many did they say, like six teachers that were in those, doing those classes? And all six teachers, did they not say anything about this? Did they not wonder what in the world? Did the administrator not know about it? I mean, the prince, there's a principal and an administrator, right? Did the administrator not know? Because the principal made this decision? I don't know. I'm just like, this is like a lot of the other things that I, I hear going on in the school, and it just like shocks me, and I think, didn't anybody speak up about this? <laughs> just like, wow. Uh, it's surprising that the other parents didn't notice. Did they just not notice that they walk into the classroom and everybody's the same color? Isn't that kind of weird? I don't know. Uh, just another reason you have to really be diligent when you're talking about having your children go to a public school. Now, there's another thing that I wanted to tell you about, and this was the National Education Association, which I already noped in another episode. And if you've been watching these, you know what I mean. But uh, they are teaming up with BLM to honor George Floyd. Now, I'll, I'll go ahead and read a little bit of the, the article uh, here is from the Daily Mail, and it says the National Educators Association approves of critical race theory. Of course, we know that. There's a lot of people that are trying to tell parents that that's not happening, critical race theory isn't being taught in school. Well, it clearly is. The National Education Association says it is, and they're the largest teachers union in the country, so clearly they are. The National Education Association Educators Association recently approved a resolution to promote critical race theory through its existing channels, work to, quote, fight back against opponents of the practice. It also wants to assemble a team to teach it to union members and to create, 
Now listen to this part. A national day of action to start a dialogue about systemic racism on October 4th, George Floyd's birthday. It continues to say that the NEA plans to, quote, publicly through existing media convey its support, listen to this, for accurate and honest teaching of social studies uh, topics. Okay, I just got to stop right there and say, I wonder if the National Education Association ever really thinks about who George Floyd is. George Floyd. George Floyd, he was a drug-addicted felon who was resisting arrest after, after passing counterfeit money and who had even in the past broken into a woman's home held her at gunpoint while his buddies came and stole things from her home, among other crimes. And because he, was, he overdosed on drugs while he was being resisting arrest and being restrained by a police officer, whether we agree with the way that he was restrained or not, that doesn't change the character of George Floyd. George Floyd was still a violent criminal felon, drug addict who was resisting arrest and in the process of committing other crimes, allegedly, which we can guess that it's probably true. At least I guess it's true because uh, of his record, clearly. But knowing that the National Education Association is honoring him by using his birthday to promote their racism-type education towards others. Now, we also should point out, they just said that they wanted to support accurate and honest teaching of social studies projects or topics. I keep saying projects. Is it accurate to believe that George Floyd should be someone to be honored and that he has anything to do with racial justice, racial justice? He doesn't have anything to do with it. That's the media narrative. He has nothing to do with it. Even in the trial of the police officer who was convicted of his death, which is also questionable, but we will just not go there right now. They didn't even bring up the racial issue because there was no evidence whatsoever to indicate that this arrest or this restraint or anything had anything to do with race because it didn't. But the media and BLM use it as a racial issue, which, of course, they do with anything that they think that might, you know, promote their agenda. And the teachers union who teaches your children in public schools is pushing this. Now, doesn't that make you question their judgment? I, I hope it does, because I think it should. That's my opinion. I think that should definitely make you want to question their judgment. Among other things, of course, including transgender issues that they've been pushing, uh, boys and girls bathrooms, boys and girls locker rooms, boys and girls sports, uh, CRT in the classroom we just talked about, and all the rest. The National Education Association is not anyone that I would want the teachers who would be teaching my children to be associated with. And if you have your children in public school, that's what's happening. So you need to know that, and you need to be very diligent if that's where your children are right now. Um, <clears throat> okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about was the attacks on the innocence of our children. 
And I know that I've, I brought that out in a lot of different ways in these parenting news in the culture war. But as parents, I think it's really important that you be diligent and aware of how the culture, the media is trying to take away the innocence of children in so many different ways. And one of the things I would say a few years ago, when see, things seemed to be a little more sane than they are now, you would never think that anybody would think it was okay for a child to go to a pride parade and see a bunch of transgenders or transgender people going into the, like a drag queen going into the library and reading to kids or kinks being presented in front of preschool or elementary age children. Nobody would have thought that was okay. That was just like, no. And a few years ago, if you would have suggested, oh, that's going to be something that's going to be going on all the time, you know, in the future, people would have gone, no way, no way are people going to be okay with that. Well, I want you to look at this photo. This photo won an award in the Netherlands by the Pride Photo Group. I'm not really sure. Let me look at this real quick. I have a it's a photo of a little girl playing while a group of latex-clad men interact behind her. And it has won a top prize at a pride competition in Amsterdam. The Amsterdam Media AT5 reports the photo titled, Imagine What Will Hopefully Stay Taken for Granted. Imagine What Will Hopefully Stay Taken for Granted. I don't know what that means. Taken by Jean... John Van Breda. So that's the name of it. Imagine what will hopefully stay taken for granted. That's the name of the photo. That's kind of weird for that to be the title of it. But anyway, let me see if I can put myself back on here. So you saw that photo. It was, it was most aesthetic photo. And the person who won it out of 13,000 entries, they got two... 2,500 euros as a prize for that picture. Now, if you look at that picture, you think, what in the world? It, that's so inappropriate as it is. Let me put it back up here. You can see there's men getting ready to go to some kind of pride rally. And look at that innocent little girl just, you know, ready to play in her swing. And the idea that this photo contest, listen to what the judges wrote. This photo, in its composition, child in the foreground, men preparing for the cannel parade in the background, everyone busy with their own activities and fascinations, sublimely depicts what will hopefully remain self-evident that we, unhampered by prejudices and also unsuspectingly, all may and can exist side by side. Yes, and you know, there's a whole lot of things that they could be doing in the background and that doesn't mean it's okay for the child to be in that situation. It isn't okay. It's very sad to me that there are enough people in this world that an entire organization first would think this is okay. I'm not surprised that they think it's okay after we saw on another one of my episodes here that woman who wrote an article about taking her toddlers to a pride parade and having them go up and talk to people dressed in kink. 
you know, you think, what in the world? She was one of my dimwit parents on another episode because she did that. I'm like, why do so many people think this is okay? It just baffles me. Doesn't it baffle you? I, I, I don't understand why they think that's okay. Um, <clears throat> so talking about taking the innocence away from children, I've shown you several things before on Blue's Clues and some other things about preschool programs that are trying to push the LGBTQ, the transgender, the, you know, the woke um, agenda to children. Well, the Muppet Babies is another one that's doing that. I wanted you to be aware of that because, you know, I always thought the Muppet Babies were pretty innocent looking, don't you? They're cute little baby figures of the, the Muppets, and they're just cute, and I've always thought they were. But, no, they're doing the woke thing. And I want you to listen to this clip. When you, when you hear this clip, you're going to hear them use the woke pronoun for her. Instead of her, Miss Piggy, the baby Miss Piggy, says they. Listen to this. And you'll see where they're taking the innocent little character Gonzo and turning him into a transgender. It's really sad and disturbing. I'll let you listen to that right now. There you are. You missed our royal ball. We met the most amazing princess. But they ran away. And all they left behind was this. Everyone, there's something I need to tell you. The princess who came to your ball tonight was me. I'm Gonzarella. But Gonzo, why didn't Boo tell us? Because you all expected me to look a certain way. I don't want you to be upset with me. But I don't want to do things just because that's the way they've always been done either. I want to be me. Oh, Gonzo. We're sorry. It wasn't very nice of us to tell you what to wear to our ball. You're our friend, and we love you any way you are. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah. Did you notice that? Before they even knew that Gonzo was the princess that they thought was a girl, obviously, before they even knew that, they didn't say she, they said they. They. They left too early or something like that. They is a plural pronoun, right? It's plural. It doesn't mean one person. They needed to say he or she, not they. And they're pushing that. They're pushing that onto the kids. And it's very sad and upsetting to me. Also, if you want to see something else that's going on, I'm sure that most of you who are watching this would be already aware, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know, that Sesame Street's been going left for a long time, decades really. But they did something new in June for Pride Month. Unfortunately, they're pushing the gay agenda even more than they were before by introducing a gay couple. And they did this on an episode called Family Day. And they wanted to show all the different kinds of families. And of course, they had to put a gay couple in, which was the first one they've done on Sesame Street. This is the gay couple. Sesame Street is celebrating Pride Month by going where it has never gone before. This week, the iconic children's show dropped a very special episode called Family Day, introducing two gay dads, Frank and Dave, the brother of Nina, who works at a bike store owner as a bike store owner on the street, 
and their daughter, Mia. So obviously, that's something you're going to need to watch out for. And clearly, we need to stamp Muppet Babies and Sesame Street as nopes. Okay, so we've got that out of the way now. But I did want to say, you know, that's not really subtly and quietly, right? A few episodes ago, I did show you the Gay Men's Choir in San Francisco and that they sang a song. If you haven't seen that, I suggest you go to the Mommy Answer Lady channel or this channel. I'll have it on here eventually. I'll have all the episodes of Parenting News and the Culture War on this channel. Right now, I don't have it on. I don't have all of them because I just started this channel. But... Uh, there was a gay men's choir that was singing that they will come for your children and they will convert them to the ideology or the agenda that they have and that you can't do anything about it, parents. That's just the way it's going to be, and we're going to do that. And one of the lines that they used in their song was quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. That's the way that they're trying to push things into the culture so that the children will be convinced of the agenda that they want them to be convinced of and that most parents don't want them to be convinced of or, or learn to be uh, true. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to say some things here, and I think there's going to be people that are not going to believe me, but I, I want to ask you to think back and consider this. Um, I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I'm just saying I believe this to be truth. A few years ago, we wouldn't have believed that, like I said earlier, that a drag queen would be in, at, at a library reading to kids and that anybody would think that's okay, especially not the entire library organization, especially not parents that would actually take their children to that. We would never think that that would be okay. And yet now it, it's like normal. I mean, it's like known that that happens at the library and, and a lot of parents are okay with it, which is shocking, isn't it? But there's other things that are coming down the pike that have been in process for years now. <clears throat> I'm going to show you two examples. And I ask you to think about it because what they're trying to do, as I said, a kind of at the beginning of what I was saying here, they're taking the innocence away from children in every way they can. The, the taking the innocence away is sexualizing them, making them seem like they're not young, innocent, but they're just like grown-ups. And they're not. They're not. So one of the ways that this happened back in the 80s, I remember when this came out, it was uh, Roger Rabbit. And I remember that coming out and little shorts playing before some of the the movies in the theater and then they made like a whole movie of it and several movies of it or something I don't know I didn't keep up with all of it but I remember when it first came out and I thought that's just horrible and the reason I thought it was horrible because I didn't like them portraying innocent babies as smart aleck and more knowledgeable than a baby might be in in just a really streetwise sarcastic sort of way. And so I want to take you back to that first and, and have you think about what are they conveying about children and babies by doing this? Remember, it's supposed to be quietly and subtly. 
It's not supposed to be something. You're supposed to think, oh, that's just a joke. That's what you're supposed to think. And that's how they can convince people that things aren't as they seem after a long time of this. So I'm going to play this Roger Rabbit trailer and look at it. Look at it. I know that people say, oh, that's supposed to be an adult cartoon. You know what? No, it was played in the theaters when children were in there. And so it wasn't that. That's not the way it was actually. That's not the way it happened. So I'm going to put this up here for you to see this. It's part of the trailer of the Roger Rabbit. Just a moment. Mommy's going to the beauty parlor, darling. But I'm leaving you with your favorite friend, Roger. He's going to take very, very good care of you. Because if he doesn't, he's going back to the science lab. Cut, 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 cut! What the hell is wrong with that take? Nothing with you, baby Herman. You were great. You were perfect. You were better than perfect. Just Roger. He keeps blowing his line. Roger. What's this? A tweeting bird. Tweeting bird. Roger, read the script. Look what it says. It says rabbit gets clunked. Rabbit sees stars. Not birds. Stars! Can we lose the playback, please? You're killing me. Killing me. For crying out loud, Roger. How the hell many times do we have to do this damn scene? Raul, I'll be in my trailer. Taking a nap. Excuse me. Murder. Marvin Acme. A rabbit cacked him last night. Remember, you never saw me. Sex. I'd do anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. And why us? Gets him every time. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? Got a thing for rabbits, huh? The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. It's a comedy a little different from all the rest. I'm a pig! I'm a tomb. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckis film. We tombs may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Okay, so you can see what I'm talking about there. They have the baby starting out as an innocent little baby, and then they turn that baby into a smart aleck type character and yelling and being nasty, and then they have all the sexualization in that, in that film as well. And I know people say, oh, it's just for adults and all that. Believe me, that is the beginnings of trying to take away the innocence of children. And I know you think that's silly, some of you. Some of you see it. Some of you think it's silly. But I want to, then I want you to look at a, a recent one. Now, there's been a lot of other films. I know there was one with uh, John Travolta, who's talking, or a baby show or movie or something, where there was a baby that was smart aleck and talking and all that. Um, between then and now, there's been other ones. But now there's one that just came out this spring called Boss Baby. It's the same sort of thing where they take babies and they turn them into smart aleck streetwise type people. And I know some of that is supposed to be adults that turn into babies, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's the same sort of thing. There's also babies that are just like that in, in, this, in this film. 
So I want you to look at it, and I just want you to consider what I'm saying here. The idea is to take the idea of innocence of children away in every way possible. So look at this one. In days of yore, there were two warriors. I'd kill for a spicy tuna roll right about now. Get yourself a little something. The brothers grew apart, and a new age began. The Middle Age. Dad, is Uncle Ted coming for Christmas this year? Sweetie, sometimes you just grow apart. <laughs> Diamonds all in my ring, player. Go watch go chain, player. Uh, uh, walk in the building, I own it. That's my girl. Woohoo! You can't solve everything with money. But you can, Tim. You haven't changed at all. You're still a big baby. Suck it, Ted. You suck. Get that task out of my face. Excuse me. I hate to interrupt. I mean, it's a riveting conversation. But friendship, oh, suck it. She can talk. Or rock. I'm in the family business. And now you work for me, boomers. Thanks for always having my back. You're my brother. We always stick together because that's what families do. We need to hurry before the formula wears off. What the? Aren't you a cutie in that little karate outfit? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh! I'm sure this isn't something money can't solve. I don't know if that's disturbing to you, but it is to me. It's disturbing to me in lots of levels. It's disturbing because it makes babies, again, be smart aleck and smart mouthed. And it, I don't like the almost gonna say a, a cuss, you know, cuss, almost cussing. Oh, isn't that funny? You know what disturbs me is when I go into a theater and I actually was in the theater. I took my grandsons to a movie. It was about a horse. I think Spirit was the name of that movie. And again, I looked on unplugged.com. I think it's called unplugged.com. It's Focus on the Family. They have this thing that you can look up. It's called unplugged.com, I think. But it's a movie review. And you can look at, at all the elements of a movie and see what you think is worth seeing. That way you won't be surprised when you take your children and you can know what's going to happen and if you think it's okay. So I looked that movie up, Spirit. Didn't look like there was anything wrong with it, so I took them. But this was one of the previews, and I did not enjoy it at all. And I don't like it when they take innocence away from children in the way that they do, the smart aleck sort of thing, and almost cussing. And, and what disturbs me is when chil when people laugh about that. I just think... I just don't find it funny because I care about the innocence of children. So I don't know. Some of you might think I'm really quacky. <laughs> That's okay. That's what I think. I don't think it's right to do that. But I also wanted to show you this other thing that was going on. Um, other ways that innocence is being taken away from children is sexualizing them in dancing. And that's gone on for a while, as you all know. But there's this thing called twerking. 
And I will tell you what twerking is according to the dictionary, because I looked it up so I could have a really good definition of what it is. Twerking, I'm going to put my glasses on here. <clears throat> Sexually suggested suggestive dancing characterized by rapid repeated hip thrusts and shaking of the buttocks especially while squatting twerking has become a catch-all for an overly sexualized style of dancing wherein one manipulates the hips and posterior in an often hypnotic and physics defying bounce that's what the uh, definition of it was i think it was the merriam-webster dictionary i'm not positive that was the dictionary but Anyway, I wanted you to see this because I, I tend, you might not believe this, you might, you might not believe this, and, I, and that's okay if you don't. I tend to be a little naive. I know you're thinking, really? But I do. I, I'm always shocked when people behave this way. I, I, I'm always like shocked. I shouldn't be shocked, but I am. And look at the way that these people are cheering on a toddler doing this. It is really sad. Think about this little girl and what message she's getting from that. Watch we this. We all need this confidence in life. Is that disturbing to you? I hope it is. I hope it's really disturbing to you. I can't believe that all those people were standing around cheering and thinking that's okay. But it just baffles me. I think we really have to be careful about what our children are exposed to, even when we're just walking down the street anymore. Um, so next, um, I wanted to talk about <laughs> this other story. I, you know, your mom's, mostly probably watching this. I'm sure there's some dads too here and there that will watch this. But it's not just taking away the innocence of the children. It's trying to take away male and female, mother and father, the family unit in any way they can. And they're doing it with language. A lot of people have heard me say and probably agree on their own without any influence from me, that experts mean nothing anymore. An expert means nothing. You have to choose what you think an expert is by your own common sense and what experience they have and then hear what they have to say because expert means nothing anymore. These are the experts from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine and they have changed the verbiage in their instructional materials tell you about something else too. I hope I have time. Deleting the terms breast and breastfeeding, among others, in response to what critics call woke left-wing political pressures. Why a medical association would allow anyone to uh, pressure them into not speaking the truth about biology is beyond me. In a statement and guideline announcement, the organization said that it is adopting de-sexed or gender-inclusive language in favor of terms that respect, quote, respect, promote, and fulfill the human rights of all LGBTI people. 
In particular, the organization has changed a number of terms to reflect its new LGBTI objectives, though some of them appear to defy fundamental biological knowledge. Well, that's happening all the time, right? It's like it doesn't even matter what's true. Our children aren't going to be taught truth unless we're sure that they are taught truth by our own words because they can't go to the experts and get it. Instead of breast, the new term has become mammary gland and breastfeeding has been updated to include breastfeeding, chest feeding, lactating, expressing, and pumping. Also, human milk feeding has also been adopted by the organization. Breast milk has been updated to human milk, mother's own milk, parent's milk, and even father's milk. <clears throat> Though biological men are not able to birth children or create milk with their own bodies. Yes, that's true. They aren't. That's not what the Academy said. <laughs> this is the article. Um, I think. Let me see where this article is from. Uh, it is from... John Doherty, uh, latest news. I don't know where this is from. Biz Pack Review. I don't know what that is, but the Academy no longer recognizes breastfeeding mother or nursing mother, but instead will substitute those terms with lactating parent, lactating person. Combinations may be used for clarity, such as breastfeeding mothers and lactating parents. So they aren't going to just say breastfeeding mothers. They'll say breastfeeding mothers and lactating parents. Because I don't know if you guys saw that video on uh, line uh, probably a few weeks ago. I don't know. And it was a, a man who pretended to be a woman and a woman who pretended to be a man. And these two were married. And the man pretending to be the woman, they were going to have that person be the mother. So he was going to be the mother and she was going to be the father. And then he was trying to breastfeed the child. And there was a video of this and it was the most disgusting thing. I couldn't show it because I just couldn't take it. I couldn't watch it myself. I saw a picture of it and just like a few seconds of it. And I was just like, no, I can't, I can't even go there. That's just, that was just disgusting. But I don't know if you're like me. When I was a mom that was breastfeeding, I don't want to be called a lactating parent, right? No, I'm a mom and I want to be called mother. And no, my husband cannot birth a child, nor can he breastfeed his children because he's not a woman, right? So, but these are the experts from the Breastfeeding Academy. The, the experts telling us that... Um, they're going to change the terms because they're not being friendly enough to people who ha are disturbed mentally and believe that they can be the sex with which they are not, for which they are not, which is sad, very sad. So next, I hope that we can go with something more fun, but first we have to do Timbits and Darlings. So let's do that. Okay, so the dimwit today we're going to be talking about is Rachel Kessler. She's a liberal prof professor at Kenyon College. I don't know where Kenyon College is. It might be in, I don't know, it sounds like Africa, but I don't know. <laughs> and she is upset that a mask mandate wasn't put in her school. And I want you to listen to her, her logic or lack thereof here. Um, 
Here you go. I need to go home. Instead, I'm sitting at my desk crying because we just got word from our superintendent that masks will not be required in our school district this year because the school has to respect the choice of parents that don't want to have their kids in a mask. And that's just the most bullshit reasoning. And I'm so over it because there is no such thing as a personal choice in a pandemic because I have no choice now to send my child to school in a way that will be safe for them because my child's mask will do a great job of protecting the other kids around her but i have no choice not to have my kid coughed on by her classmates i am so tired of this i'll do what works for me you do what works for you take on a public health crisis and we are never going to get out of this if we cannot start collectively thinking about how our actions impact the people around us. It's funny because she doesn't seem to have the same attitude about how her actions affect others or her child's actions and ideas affect others around her. It is you are supposed to do what she wants you to do because of her own fears. And we're never going to get out of this. No, we're not. You know what? COVID is going to be around forever. It's not going away. And if you're worried about a child coughing on your daughter, what about two years ago? Were you worried about a person coughing on your daughter then? Your, your daughter is actually more in danger from the flu that, that they could have caught from anyone coughing on them a couple of years ago. They were more in danger then than they are now from COVID. And if that mask, I mean, I'm thinking of the logic here. If that mask does protect other children from your daughter, then why isn't it protecting your daughter from other children, right? That doesn't make sense. But logic doesn't matter, right? Logic's out the window now. <laughs> but the thing that I, I dislike the most about this woman is she says she's over it. How dare anybody else have any rights to do what they think with their own, their own children? Everyone should do what she wants everyone else to do. And she's just over it if they have the freedom to make the choices for their own kids. That's, that was her attitude. And so I have to stamp her a dimwit parent. Okay, so now we're finally going to go to something nice. <laughs> darling parent. This darling parent. Unfortunately, you know, when someone's a darling parent, they usually are having to put up with something sad that's happening to them. This is Nicole Solis, and she is a Rhode Island mom who is doing the right thing. She is standing up and saying, I want to know what is going to be taught in my child's classroom. And she's not going to be um, put under the rug or placed aside. She is standing up and saying, I want to, I want this to, I want to know, I want the information. And because of that, she's being sued by the National Education Association. So again, let's see what she, what's going on with her. The largest teachers union standing firmly behind critical race theory, the National Education Association approving a plan to publicize and fight against anti-CRT rhetoric. 
This comes as parents everywhere are increasingly alarmed about what their children are being taught in their schools. One Rhode Island mom wanted answers to those very questions before her daughter went to kindergarten, but her official requests have been denied by the South Kingstown School District, and they even threatened to sue her. Nicole Solis is the mom involved in that case. She joins me along with John Riches from the Goldwater Institute, who is taking legal action on Nicole's behalf. Nicole, I read the story this morning. I'm astounded by it. You wanted to find out simply if your kindergartner is going to be subjected to critical race theory. And the school said, well, you know what? You need to submit public records request for that. This is a public school funded by public dollars. And you want to find out curriculum like, eh, good luck. Best of luck to you. Right, yeah. And, you know, the school told me to submit these public records requests because they wouldn't answer my questions directly via email or on the phone. And, of course, you know, I submit them, and now they want to sue me. Now that I've been getting my responses from them, they're either telling me that they don't have documents to answer my questions, or they're telling me that my requests are unclear. So now I'm very happy to have attorneys from the Goldwater Institute to help me out here because I am led to believe that now the school is engaging in a pattern of obstructionism mm -hmm. to prevent me from accessing the information that I have a right to know. Yeah, she's pointing to you, John, and I think, you know, look, th this is the idea, and I just wanted to point out before you talk about uh, Nicole's case. Uh, the, the NEA will also join with BLM to rally on George Floyd's birthday as National Day of Action to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression. What do you think, John? Well, I mean, look, it, it, what our children learn in school shouldn't be a government secret. I don't think it's a controversial proposition to say we should have open and tra transparent government, especially, Trace, like you said, when we're talking about publicly funded schools using our tax dollars. And here you just have a conscientious parent asking, hey, well, what's my child going to learn? Those should be simple questions to answer. Instead, the school district is being obstructionist. They're putting up yeah. barriers. They're threatening to charge onerous fines. They're threatening to sue Nicole. Um, and we're just not going to let that happen. We're going to get answers to these questions. It's amazing. Activist and parent uh, Christopher Rufo tweeted the following here, Nicole, and I'll get your response. The NEA represents 3 million public school employees in all 50 states. They have a $350 million annual budget and an army of operatives in 14,000 local communities. They have now declared war on parents who oppose critical race theory, and parents must fight back. And he makes a fair point, Nicole, because they declared war on parents who wanted to get their kids back in school during COVID, and they won for the most part. And now they're declaring war again, and a lot of people think they're going to win again. Well, I don't think they're going to win again because we have more parents that are waking up, especially because of what they went through with COVID. And I can tell you that people in my community don't want them to win again. I think this is a big shock to my small town that this is making national news. And more and more people every day are supporting me in my effort to get transparency in the school system. Yeah, transparency in the scene in the school system would be a good thing. John, uh, your final thoughts on this, you know, they're going to clearly keep fighting back. What's the, what's the plan going forward? Well, look, we've submitted a new records request to the board. They got 10 days to respond. If they don't respond, it's deemed denied. If they give us evasive answers the way they have Nicole, um, then we can take them straight to court. And I'll tell you what, look, um, this board is not going to keep these parents in the dark. Yeah. They're not going to keep Nicole in the dark. They shouldn't take a lawyer to find out what our children are learning, um, but we're going to find out exactly what this board is teaching in this case. Right. Okay, so I, I went. It goes on that obviously this was this was actually before the NEA did sue her. They actually did send her paperwork 
they did sue her, and that's in process right now. And that's really sad that the National Education Association is doing that. Now, one of the things that she's actually asking for is she wants the school emails that are between the teachers talking about what's going on in the school. She's not, I don't believe she's asking for their personal emails. She's asking for the school emails between the teachers and between the administrators and stuff because she believes that they're covering up some of the things that they are teaching in the classroom. And so she thinks that's public information and she should be able to see it. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder what are teachers and administrators thinking when they believe that a parent can't come and just get answers to what's going on in the classroom. It, again, it baffles me. It baffles me. We are the parents. They're not the parents. We're the parents. And they are supposed to be providing a service for us that we pay for, and that being um, the education of the children. And we should have every right to see what's going on with our own children. It's just amazing to me. But this lady has done several interviews, and she says she's not giving up. And I hope she doesn't. So I'm stamping her a darling parent. Okay, so now there's something that you can do. I got a hold of Moms for Liberty and asked them if there was any chapter in the Kansas City area for Moms for Liberty because I wanted to see what are they doing, what's going on. And there isn't one in Independence, or I mean in, in Kansas City area, Independence, there's not a, a chapter yet in this area. And I would love it if there's any parents who are interested in getting a chapter started. I'd love to work with you on that. So let me know if you're interested in starting a Moms for Liberty chapter here in the Kansas City area. If you have a Moms for Liberty chapter somewhere where you're watching this and it isn't in the Kansas City area, let me know what's going on. Send me some videos. Tell me what's going on with your chapter. I'd love to see that. And if you don't know what Moms for Liberty is, I hope you'll look them up. Um, they are activist parents going to the school boards and trying to defend the rights of parents in school and in government and so on. So I am all for them. And that's great. I also want to remind you before I go, this is my book. It is How to Train Your Child to Behave, The Ultimate Guide to Transforming Your Child's Behavior. It is available on Amazon. I will put a link in the description below. Parents, I hope that I will see you here next time. Please remember to subscribe. And remember, we can win this. We'll see you next time.